Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hello, this is McKnight Senior Living Editor Lois Bowers, and we're here today with Lisa Hardy, President and CEO of Washington-based Emerald Communities, which has more than 800 residents and counting, as well as around 500 employees. Lisa, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. You've been in the industry since 1988 and at Emerald since 2008. I wondered if you could talk about the industry overall and Emerald Communities in particular and how it's changed during that time. Sure. So obviously since 1988, it's changed quite a bit. (laughs) Um, You know, even just from the programs, the services, the amenities and the residents. The other thing is Medicare and the regulatory environment has really changed over time and has gotten more difficult to comply with. Being at Emerald Community since 2008, we do have two communities, one in Redmond and one in Gig Harbor, Washington. And we now serve around 800 residents and we have approximately 500 employees as well. So we've grown. Growth has occurred for us strategically. We've grown since 2008, expanding our Redmond campus with services and amenities, and we've expanded apartment buildings, two apartment buildings during the process of expanding the second apartment building and just broke ground on a new assisted living building as well. We've also updated the campus there, and it's what our clients, our prospects want now. They want lots of different dining venues. They want pubs. They want auditorium, the aquatic center, and we have a bright, shiny, fairly new fitness center. The programming and the services and the amenities have really changed since 2008. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about how Emerald Communities ended up with an all-woman leadership team for the first time in its history? It was not by design, is that right? Absolutely not by design. It just happened organically. And as positions opened up and we were recruiting, we hired the most qualified individual and it just happened to be they were all women. (laughs) So it wasn't, it was definitely not by design. Okay. What do you think makes a good leader in general? And are there any skills or experiences that you think particularly help women leaders be successful? Hmm, That's a great question. I don't think that there's certain experiences or skills that women specifically have that make them better leaders or good leaders. I think a leader is a leader, if it's a female or a male. And having the ability to be an empathetic leader, and men can do that as well, not just women, but I think in changing your leadership style over time. You know, the workforce has changed in what they want from a leader from 1988 to 2008 to 2023. And having that ability to adapt and pivot as circumstances warrant, and the pandemic is a great example of that, we really worked on taking care of our workforce more so than ever during the pandemic because they were so important to us. And I think that was kind of a wake-up call because they've always been important to us. And it took a pandemic for us to really realize we really need to take care of our employees more so, more empathetically than we ever have before. And I think that has changed how we think about being a leader with our organization anyway since then. And so it's just forever changed us and for the good. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that manifests in leadership and the relationship between the organization and the workers? I think really getting, and it's tough with 
you know, 500 employees getting to know, <laughs> you know, your employees. But deeper down at the management level, like at the director level, I think really embracing the employee and getting to know them and their families better and know what they need in order to be successful at work. And I think it brought the teams closer together because we were all in it together during the pandemic. We were all scared and we all took care of each other. Mm -hmm. The senior living field is dominated by women in some areas, for instance, as caregivers, residents, and adult daughters of residents who help make decisions. In general, have you found that they appreciate having women in leadership roles? That's a difficult question to answer, but I think I'll go back to, I don't think they care if you're a female or a male, as long as you are an empathetic leader, mm -hmm. as long as you care about them, and as long as you're taking the organization down the path of really taking care of your workforce. Mm -hmm. What approach does Emerald Communities take to developing a pipeline of workers at all levels? Our approach is we're constantly talking about it. What we have found, and I know all organizations have found since the pandemic, it's just a harder nut to crack in getting people hired, getting people on the payroll. And so we're constantly adapting and looking at wages because in the Seattle area, especially and I use this as an example, Microsoft, you know, it's just down the road from us in from the Redmond campus. And they pay their workforce really well and they can, they're Microsoft. And we're a not-for-profit and we don't have the deep pockets that the Microsoft organization does. But they have dining venues on their campuses and they pay their dishwashers $26 an hour. And so that's kind of our competition. So we are always constantly looking at ways, how can we change our benefit package? How can we increase wages? Our residents know that. They know that we have competition with wages and they know that their monthly service fees are going to be impacted by the wages that we have to pay to get people to work for us. But they're supportive of that. They've had some hefty monthly service fee increases the last couple of years because we have made some major increases in wages so much as increasing clinical staff by 20%. So it's just constantly looking at the, the competition. What do we need to pay to get people in the door? And once we get them in the door, we feel like we've got the great environment, the great benefit package, that they'll stay with us. Mm -hmm. As you noted, at recruiting and retaining staff members at all levels is a top challenge for the senior living providers. Um, what other approaches has Emerald found to be helpful in this regard? You know, in addition to what I just said, one thing that we found to be helpful, we added a new position at the beginning of 2021, and we have a recruiter that works full-time recruiting in all levels of our organization for both our campuses in Redmond and Gig Harbor. And we have seen our staffing levels go up. We don't have as many open positions. And as I mentioned, once we can get people in the door because of our great environment, we're able to keep them. But 2020 and early 2021, it was difficult. We had a lot of open positions, but having a full-time recruiter on staff has been great. And kind of on the other end, um, does Emerald Communities have a formal succession plan for senior level leaders? And what steps does Emerald take regarding succession planning for people who might one day succeed some of the women executives we're talking about or anybody else on the team? Sure. So for my position, we have a plan for if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, 
And then we have also a plan if when I get to the point that I retire that we have a, a formal search committee of the board of directors that's in a plan for that. At the other executive level below me, we are building a bench, if you will, constantly looking at the CFO retired, who would be that person's replacement and mentoring in building those benches so that we do have the potential of having someone step in from internally, but we also have recruiting plans if we need to step outside of the organization. Mm-hmm. And looking to the future, hoping that it does not include a bus in your future, but uh, what do you think the future has in store for the senior living industry? That's a really great question. I think that as the baby boomers, and we're starting to get the baby boomers to move into our communities, and the baby boomer generation is quite a few years span of from, what was it, to 1964, from 1950. Mm-hmm. So you've got 14 years or so of the baby boomers. And so we're just beginning to see them move in, but they're younger, they're living longer, they're more active. They want more flexibility. And when I say flexibility, the old time mom and pop, you get one meal a day, you know, (laughs) um, in the dining room is really old style. And we recently changed that. Well, we opened our Gig Harbor campus this way, and then we converted our Redmond campus. We don't offer a meal a day in our dining venue. It's all a la carte because our residents, they have kitchens, they're foodies, they like to cook. They also like to enjoy the great restaurants that we have in the Puget Sound area. They don't want to eat in the same dining room every single day. (laughs) So the flexibility of those types of services and amenities, I think, is going to be more and more important in the future, in the near future. And then the pandemic changed forever, I think, the way our residents dine as well. We had to move to a grab-and-go type of dining venue during the pandemic. Because our dining venues were shut down by the governor, and that became really, really popular. And at the Redmond campus, we recently just opened a new dining venue called Cascades, and it's an intentional grab-and-go, if you will, type of venue where we have coffee and ice cream and sandwiches and salads and soups, and you can go in there and grab it and go to your apartment, or you can go in there and grab it and sit by the lovely fireplace that we added to that venue. And so I think the dining venues have changed forever. But I think we're just going to continue to see change as, as time goes by with our baby boomers and then the next generation after that. They're going to want something different. And the other thing that's going to really be important, and it's going to be a challenge, is our workforce. Finding workforce to work in our industry, that's going to be a challenge. Lisa, thanks again for being on the podcast today. This is McKnight Senior Living Editor Lois Bowers with Lisa Hardy, President and CEO of Emerald Communities. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com.